You're listening to Perfectly Scarred. This is the place where we are sharing our scars through various stories and testimonies. The mission of Perfectly Scarred is to encourage you to know that your scars matter and it is important to share with others so that they too can walk in freedom. So let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Scarred. I'm your host, Kayla Nelson, and today I am joined by Ms. Erin Holmes, and so I'm excited that she is joining me on the podcast for this conversation about boldness. Uh, Sister Erin, can you just introduce yourself and where you're from and everything? Sure. Uh, My husband and I are church planters in Henderson, Nevada. It's a suburb of Las Vegas. So we are in the Las Vegas metro area. Um, We have lived here for about 11 years. We started our church about 10 years ago. Uh, We have two young kids who are wild little tornadoes and keep me busy. Uh, But (laughs) we love it here. This is home for us. We're not going anywhere. Um, And yeah, I think that's that's basics. Yes. Las Vegas. Ooh, that's interesting. We're going to get into that. <laughs> um, but today we are talking about boldness. But before we get started, uh, can you just share a little bit about you and, you know, just your background, how long you've been in the movement? Um, and yeah. Sure. Um, I was raised in church in general. Um, there were seasons that my family did not always faithfully attend church in my childhood. Um, but I was really blessed to pretty near always be connected with, um, a spirit filled church. Um, I had Sunday school teachers who would pick me up for church whenever, uh, my family wasn't regularly attending. Um, and, so this is all I've ever known. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm happy for that. I'm not unhappy about that. I'm very grateful that I've never known being far from the Lord. I've definitely had seasons where I felt far from God, mm-hmm. but I've never known life without God. And for that, I'm, yeah. I'm eternally grateful. Um, and so I got involved in ministry as a teenager, really, um, into junior high and high school. I had a lot of opportunities to be involved in ministry in different forms and fashions. And, um, that definitely evolved into, um, God giving me my own personal callings and ministries, um, for my adulthood. And, mm-hmm. um, it was a huge part of marrying my husband and, and why I married my husband, because our ministries and our, our goals and dreams, um, coincided yeah okay okay so of course you know I talked to uh Aaron on the phone and we just talked about you know what we'll discuss today which is talking about boldness but one of the things that I enjoy it and I and I just love people like this because they're just a breath of fresh air it's (laughs) like oh you think like me (laughs) (laughs) I love that and so you know she stands out uh, in her speaking out against the things that, uh, most would say is something that we, we cover up and we just kind of mm-hmm. throw under the rug and, but not Aaron, she does not do that. <laughs> and I love that about her because, you know, she speaks up, she speaks out and it's, you know, required of us, but some people can say, well, that's not for us to, to talk about on social media and you know but the fact that the matter is that people are on social media these these are topics that are being discussed so why can't we discuss them 
And so we're just going to talk about it today. We're going to have a conversation and um, yeah, we're going to get into it. So Aaron, why do you think that this conversation is necessary, even regarding boldness? About being bold. Um, I think that people are going to talk about anything and everything that impacts them, impacts their lives and their families. And our instincts as the church at large can be to say, maybe we don't have the authority to speak on this topic. Maybe this topic is not super familiar to the church as a whole. And so maybe we should sit back and let somebody else take the lead. Let someone in the secular world take the lead on mental health or suicide or marital troubles or infidelity or uh, grief or loss or whatever the topic may be. We kind of as a whole, tend to rock back on our heels with topics that can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't believe just my personal perspective. I don't believe that that is the will of God for the church to take a back seat um, in talking about important topics and allow people who are not filled with the spirit of God, who do not walk in the light of God to be the only voice in the world speaking, even especially into Christian people's lives on these topics. Right. And I, I mean, it's because Paul spoke about it. He did. You know, he there, there, was, there were things in the, in, especially in the New Testament, because they're in these places mm-hmm. and he had to address certain things with the people because they were bringing that into the church yeah. They were bringing those mentalities into the church. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. I think we, we have to have those tough conversations and if they have to be on social media, then Hey, yeah, that's where they need to be. So what is, what is kind of the misconception that you have? Like for what, when people say things to you, like, what is that thing that it's like, they get it wrong about you? About me? (laughs) Um, oh goodness. I think that there's probably a few of them, honestly. I think one is that because I, I'm not afraid to speak my mind or speak what I think is important. Um, some people can see that as um, being irreverent or um, dismissive of what they might consider something that should be spoken of only in private or, um, and, and the truth is that I don't, I'm not irreverent about topics. I try very hard to be respectful um, when I talk about a hard topic. I'm not looking mm-hmm. to hurt anyone's feelings or offend anyone. Um, <laughs> but we tend to shroud hard topics in platitudes. We tend to shroud hard topics in, I'll pray for you. And we're just going to pray about it and pat people on the back and give them a, a card that speaks to their situation. And then we walk away from it. So, um, I think that definitely there are people who might look at me or look at me on social media and um, think there's a lack of reverence or respect for um, sensitive topics. I guess what would be your main, what is, what is your main goal in, in being a, a, like your, you and your husband, what is the main goal for your church? For our church, um, mm-hmm. it's very straightforward. Um, we talk about existing to help people find Jesus and mm-hmm. follow him fully. Um, our church does not exist to um, 
cater to or maintain um, people's walks with God who have known God for a really long time. It's not why our church exists. We believe in discipleship. We believe in growth, but we believe that our church and even the church at large exists so that people may come to know God. It's not about um, having the absolute most amazing programs. It's not about, um, stroking the egos or (sighs) trying to talk carefully. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't offend anybody. Um, our, our church is not, we don't, we desire to not be in maintenance mode. We don't desire to say, Hey, we've got some people who love Jesus here. And so we're great. We're good. We're just going to throw it into neutral. We're going to coast. We're going to, um, you know, sing great songs until Jesus comes back. We believe that the church is a missional one that, um, the church is meant to reach the lost. The church exists yeah. to reach the lost. And so that's the focus of our church. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, and I like it. Like, I, I mean, just seeing it from afar, you know, I, I think what y'all are doing is amazing. And I think one of the reasons, okay. So let me sit, let me ask how how did you come to this revelation like of okay I like to like I speak out about these things like this is just (laughs) Um, it definitely was not a light switch moment for me I've never been a very shy person I've never been um an entirely reserved person um I've, I've never had a problem speaking my mind. God has definitely refined me over time. Uh, and so what people think is kind of loud mouth now is actually much more refined than it was about eight years ago. Um, but it wasn't a light switch moment for me. I didn't just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm done being quiet. I'm going to, you know, speak the truth no matter, um, what it costs me instead, there's just, there's an absence of, there's an absence of, especially women, I think, um, who are willing to speak the truth in love. The goal isn't to offend. The goal isn't shock value. Boldness is, um, something that actually, I believe comes from the Holy spirit because God calls us out of, um, obscurity. He calls us out of sitting back and blending into the world. Um, he desires that we come out from among them and be separate. And we always, always refer to that in an outward manner, but we're (laughs) Jesus talked about setting a, a lamp where the whole house can see it. He talked about being a city set on a hill so that everyone may see it. He talked about doing good work so that those who observe them may glorify our father in heaven. He talked about being someone and being as the church, um, a people that stood out, a people mm-hmm. that were heard. And I believe that God has just developed that in me over time, a desire to, um, let whatever light he has put into me, whatever small amount of wisdom he has put into me, um, whatever gift or talent that he has given me for speaking or writing to let that be something that shines and points people to him. And so whether Mm -hmm. it's a topic of mental health or, uh, marital issues or parenting is something I talk about a lot because I'm thick in that season uh, to just be real and vulnerable and bold and let whatever God can do through that, allow him to do that work. Right. Yes. 
I, yeah, I definitely agree because, you know, one of the things that even with me and this and even the podcast, you know, there are topics that I didn't see growing up, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. not to, it's not to bash anybody. It's not to bring shame to people. It's just to say, this is, this is the, this is the result of what happens when we don't deal with yeah. our issues, yeah. when we don't deal with what's going on in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so bringing it to the surface and having those conversations, people have came to me and said, it helped. Like yeah. it helps. It literally like, and to say to was like that, that really spoke to me. I think and, that's part yeah. of what spurs me on as well is that whenever I, whenever I walk in boldness and talk about something that maybe other people feel uncomfortable talking about, there's always those people that that come and say, thank you for talking about this. That helped me. It helped me to know I'm not alone. It helped me to know there is hope or there is help or I can get help. And, um, that gives me more courage to talk about something bold. There, there've been times, the specific instance that you and I talked about on the phone, um, I was told very straightforward to take it down, um, by people in leadership and, I, I wouldn't, I told them that I respected them greatly and I honored them and I would remove any sign of any, um, indicator who I might've been talking about. So as to respect privacy, um, which I had made an effort to do in the first place. And then I told them I need to keep it up because there are people that it will impact and they need to know that they're not alone and they need to know there's a safe place to turn. And they need to know, um, that somebody sees them where they are. And I actually helped connect women in ministry with therapists and counselors through that particular Mm -hmm. post. Um, and I wouldn't take that back for the world because Mm -hmm. if it saved one person, one person's life, it was worth it. It was worth it. So Um, I think that absolutely spurs me on to continue to speak in boldness, in wisdom, in love, um, because when you see that it helps people and that there's an absence of that happening, um, it's needed. Yeah. And I think the, the, you know, just the mistake that we make is that is so many, so many people are suffering in silence, Yeah, you know, and one of the things that I did with, um, it was last year is that even talking about divorce, I didn't have a woman come on here and talk about divorce. I, I came on the man's perspective yeah. and I, and I grabbed someone that I knew. And because I, I think that we don't talk about men's we really don't. mental health and what happens when a woman leaves a relationship just through the situations that happen. And I'm like, we don't talk about that. And, and that's supposed to be, we're supposed to, as a church, we're supposed to be the safe space. We're yeah. supposed to be the place that people can come to and get the help that they need. Right. And if we don't even talk about it, if we don't even acknowledge it, but we just want to know about it right. so that we can pray about it. Quotation <laughs> yeah, marks. Exactly. You know, it's kind of doing a disservice to our men. It's doing a disservice to our, our, our families. Absolutely. It's just doing a disservice to all of us. And I think that we got to take a step back and like, okay, these, these subjects, we need to talk about them. Yeah. The thing is there shouldn't be any, any topic, any subject that the church doesn't talk about. 
There shouldn't be. We should lead the charge in talking about um, about divorce, about pornography, about um, extramarital affairs, about mental health, about suicide, about we should be leading the charge on talking about these things through the lens of the scripture. And Mm -hmm. again, if we aren't, then someone's filling that void because these topics are being dealt with by families and individuals in our churches. And so if we're not willing to broach these topics and talk about them from a godly perspective, then they're going to seek it out from somewhere. Again, that's not um, spirit led, right? Yes. Yes. And that's when the thing, you know, uh, when we consider racism, mm-hmm. you know, we, it, we're doing better. Yeah. We're doing better, but I live in the South. So, you know, <laughs> It's a slow I was process. born and raised there. I <laughs> it's a slow process, but you know, you know, and being, bringing it to the surface to be like, this is, this is the reality. I remember just my mom talking about, uh, when they had, it was a, I don't know the church or anything like that, but my mom and dad, they're interracial couple. Mm-hmm. And basically, well, my mom is actually biracial. Okay. And my dad is black. So when they went to this church in Georgia, I don't know what church it is, but I'm just saying, um, they basically told them that they couldn't be there. Wow. And I mean, those are my parents. Those are not my yeah. grandparents. Those are not my right. great grandparents. This wasn't a hundred years ago. Right? right. And so the, the fact being that these things are still happening, we yeah. need to be able to address them. So you need to understand that this is my Absolutely. history and this is my past. And, and if I've dealt with this, I know that other people other have people. dealt with this. Yeah. hundred percent. We shouldn't be shying away from talking about it. And I think, again, the reason that we do is just that if it makes someone uncomfortable, and that means if it makes me uncomfortable to speak about it, or if I think it will make you uncomfortable if I speak about it, then the instinct of Christians and Christian leadership is to go, well, maybe we'll just not, maybe we'll just avoid the topic. It'll work itself out. And um, we have to be willing to have hard conversations and uncomfortable conversations. Right. So when they, when they, as far as when leadership reached out to you, what did that, how did that make you feel? Mm. Um, I will reiterate that I genuinely love the people who reached out. I do. I, I have no um, disrespect or ill will at all. Um, I believe that they were following their leadership in saying we shouldn't be talking about this. Um it made me feel uncomfortable having to say, I love you, but I cannot comply. I love you, but I cannot stay silent. Um, it made me feel concerned that anyone felt they should tell someone else what they can and cannot talk about or should and should not talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are no ill feelings and no hard feelings whatsoever. Um, but I think that leadership in general, from, from the top down, this includes leaders of churches, includes pastors and pastors' wives. Um, there should not be conversations we can't have, even publicly. There should, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, minus 
putting people's dirty laundry out, you know, I'm not talking about gossiping about people publicly, but there shouldn't be topics of conversation that we do not feel we can have publicly. Um, what we were told in that moment as, as ministry wives, as pastor's wives was that, um, I'll tell you when I think you should be able to talk about this. And just to be really transparent and frank, that time never came. That was more than a year ago. And that mm-hmm. time never came the permission to talk about yeah. that topic. Um, and which is why I was not going to be silent about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's so real. And I, I, and I think that so many people have, have had the perspective that you have and, and, and it's kind of like they get blackballed. Oh yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And, and shame, like you said, for things that it's biblical. Yeah. Because when I, and when you were talking, I, I just thought of the story because I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to talk about the because we're gonna have to bring the word in this because I gotta bring the word because you know some yes, folks they they waiting on it, but I'm gonna bring the <laughs> word. So you can go look it up. I ain't gonna tell you the story, but if you read the Bible, you'll know that when Paul he rebuked Peter. Yep. And because Peter was playing a double, he was he was having a double standard. He was mm-hmm. he was being a hypocrite. Yeah. And he rebuked them instead mm-hmm. of falling in line with them. Yeah. He said that that's not right. Yeah. You're one way with the Jews, but you're also, you treat the Gentiles one way, but you're right. the other way when they're not around. Right. And so I, I think that it's important that in love, like you said, in love, we can say, you know, I respect what you, what you do. I respect who you are, Yeah. but I'm not going to fall in line with that. Yeah. And, it, and it's somewhat of a rebuke. Yeah. And it's, it's important to know that um, it's not rebellion to refuse to be silent. Yeah. It's not rebellion to refuse to be silent. Um, our voice matters. Yeah. My voice matters. Your voice matters. Every person who's listening to this, their voice matters and what God puts in our spirit to speak about. Um, it doesn't matter if it's within the church or without the church that tries to silence it. We always talk about not allowing the enemy to silence our voice. And we forget that probably most often it's within the body of Christ that someone's trying to silence our voice, whether that's um, because of a territorial feeling of like, oh, no, this is my area. You shouldn't be Mm -hmm. talking about this or um, by discrediting us. You don't have the authority or the experience to talk about this or um, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of times where people within the four walls of the church try to silence our voice and whatever it is that God has put in your spirit to speak about, as long as it does line up with the scripture, as long as you are walking in the wisdom of, of God, you should not be silent. Right. Well, Oh, yes. Cause <laughs> I have been times. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> on, on one of the latest, I, I, I wouldn't even say it was latest, but one of the things that I saw, and 
you spoke about and I seen it and at that time I don't even think I was really just on social media in that right then but it was when a particular church and somebody was speaking about their convictions and somebody also mentioned the fact that there is a big monitor behind this individual (laughs) and we're promoting our convictions Uh and I I thought it was it was very uncomfortable (laughs) to watch it was very uncomfortable to watch and and it's in those things that it 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 infuriates me because of the fact that my family endured that type of teaching yeah and so I'm not here to um I'm not here to uh like you said offend anybody but I am here to say these are the type of teachers the reason why most people have backslid yeah boldness can come in the form of standing up to the devil, but it also comes in the form of standing up to our brothers and sisters, which is what we were kind of just on is it also comes in the form of saying, I won't sit idly by and let the name of the church be sullied by, um, by vain tradition, by, um, man-made barriers that we Mm -hmm. put up between God and man um, that make it difficult for people to get to God. Um, And so, yeah, it's boldness comes in many forms. It does. That's one of them. Yes. And I mean, Jesus was bold. He stood Mm -hmm. up to the fair. He stood up to, when you look, when we watch, when we look, when we read in the new, new Testament, in the gospels, the main people that Jesus was standing up to was the Pharisees. Yeah. And the Sadducees. Like, the religious people, right? The religious people. These weren't the um <laughs> the outcast of religion that he was coming for. They weren't even the like fringe sects of religion that he was coming for. He was coming for mainstream religion whenever he came mm-hmm. at them. They were the religion. They were what uh the Israelites were. They were the faith to walk in and to follow. It was mainstream religion at the time. And so yeah, boldness can absolutely look like standing up to mainstream religion and just saying, do we line up with the scripture in what you're saying? Because if we don't, (laughs) if we don't, it's time to take that step back, look at the scripture and readjust. Yeah. So to those who, um, so to those who uh, like you and uh, even, you know, that stepping out, what comes with that? (laughs) Um, A lot of criticism. Um, there is, like I said, there's a lot of people who are very grateful when someone's willing to speak the truth in love. Um, but it comes with a lot of criticism. It comes with, uh, being gossiped about. It comes with, um, essentially living in a glass house. You have no idea how many times people have picked apart my life, my family, my children downright to what my children wear. And I'm not kidding. Um, Mm -hmm. and messaging me, judging me about what my kids wear, what my husband wears, what I wear. I mean, they take a magnifying glass to your life if you're not careful. 
um, if you don't want to be extremely careful about what you post, um, as in like how much you let people in. I like to live my life um, very openly, very transparent. Yeah. Um, and so when you do that and when you're willing to speak up, um, there are definitely going to be people who don't like that you speak up. There will be people who don't like that. Um, you don't sit quietly in your corner of the world and um, leave the sensitive topics alone. Um, it, yeah. So it comes with that glass house that <laughs> you have to be willing to live in. Yeah. I had... Uh... And it was in the beginning of my podcast. I had Farrah on, uh, Farrah Easter. She's another one that that lights a fire under people. <laughs> but, you know, but it's in that be- because of the fact that what she's been through and and knowing what she knows, you know, she 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 said, and I, I, I attract, you know, the Pharisees and I, I attract them. She said, so you might as well get ready. But that's why I, I love her. Mm -hmm. because I know you know and I but I understand the toll that they can take on somebody it's like well God I'm I'm trying to do your will and I keep it's one thing to be fought by the world yeah it's another thing to get fought by people that's supposed to be your brothers and sisters yep absolutely I actually find it far more hurtful whenever I have someone um come at me that should be a brother or sister in Christ and they simply just don't like that um I'm unwilling to say that something is gospel truth when it's opinion. When yeah. it's... <laughs> we won't dig into it too much, but I, that, that is far more hurtful than yeah. um, someone who doesn't know God scoffing at me or making fun of me. I don't really care about that. Like I pray for them. I love them. I move on. Um, but yeah, someone who is um, supposedly on the same team, um, taking a pot shot at me because I, I won't call opinion gospel truth. Um, that's definitely m- more hurtful than yeah. the other. Yeah. Yeah. I can see, I can see why. So for the, for the young person who feels different mm. than the rest, you know, they, they, they have an opinion. They may be a young woman in bible college or Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out but know that some things are not right Ooh, that's a deep one um god called some people he made some people designed some people to be quiet to impact their world one person at a time to be the demure docile ministries minister's wife, pastor's wife, woman in ministry. He made people like that. He made people because there has to be balance to big personalities like my own. There has to be. But when you have a big personality and you feel called to ministry and called to um, kingdom work, it absolutely can feel like that, that you're different, that you don't fit the mold. Mm -hmm. And I walked through that season for sure. I walked through it for years thinking I was supposed to be something that I wasn't because, well, God called me to be this. And so I'm supposed to look like everyone else I know who does that. Right. But God doesn't make mistakes when he designs us. 
And so if he called you and you've got a big personality, God's not looking for you to quiet down your personality so that you can serve him. He's looking for you to take that big personality and pierce the darkness with it. He's looking for you to uh, crack strongholds straight down the center instead of with a chisel at the corner of the wall. Um, He gives us big personalities. He gives us big voices with purpose and with design and never by accident. And so um, I would say, pray for wisdom, pray for God to be the filter on your mouth. Um, It took me too many years to gain a filter on my mouth. (laughs) Um, It's important that we operate in the spirit and through the spirit and by the spirit and not by our flesh. Um, pray for wisdom, pray for that filter on our words, not so that we would be quiet, but so that we would speak the right words as loudly as God has called us to speak them. Um, And as long as you continue to pray that God would grow you in wisdom and maturity, um, don't ever feel like you need to uh, quiet your personality down or stuff your personality and calling down into some little box that you think it's supposed to be in when God has so much more for you. Right. Yes. So now another end to how does your, to the, to the young man mm-hmm. who is, um, who may see this big personality mm-hmm. uh, and, and because sometimes men can be intimidated or young men can be intimidated. Yep. Of, of these big personalities, what can we say to them? As in they're looking at that big personality as a future life partner. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Future life partner. Um, one, (laughs) you have to be willing to let that young woman be who she is. Um, you have to be able to lead that young woman um, in her big personality and, um, be able to do that in wisdom and love. My husband, um, is an incredible man of God. Um, he's not a big personality. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big person. I'm a lot. Okay. I'm a lot. Um, if you think I'm a lot in a 45 minute interview, imagine me 24 seven. Okay. I'm a lot. Um, my husband's not a big personality, but he is a good leader. And he knows how to lead in wisdom and compassion. Um, And has my big personality caused conflict between us at times? (gasps) Yeah, like for sure. Yes. Uh, Conflict is going to happen whenever you have um, any big personality, whether one or both of you in a relationship. But if a young man, um, whether he is a big personality or not, if he is willing to let her be who she is called to be in God, um, not be intimidated by that, not trying to stifle her or put her into that box that he thinks that she's supposed to be in. And he can still be her leader, right? There's a balance. There's um, not trying to stifle and not being so docile yourself that you make her lead instead yeah. of you leading as being the, the man of the house and the man of the relationship. Um, and I mean that in a biblical sense, um, the, the authority in, in the mm-hmm. relationship, the God-given authority. If you can strike that balance, um, a woman with a big personality has a lot to offer. Yes. <laughs> She's got a lot to offer. There will never be she a do. moment, right? Yes. Um, but there's got to be that balance of leading with wisdom, mm-hmm. um, 
and love being able to lead and also being able to allow her to be herself. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just say that because so many people, even, even myself, you know, I struggle with having a a big personality. Like Mm -hmm. I, I'm just me. Like I, yeah. I'm just different. I have ideas going all, all day long. My mind is running. <laughs> yes. And, and so it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to say this. And so, and even, you know, uh, working in prior law for enforcement, I had to just own it. Like mm-hmm. I had to own it. Like I had to be assertive. I had to be all the things. And so for some, like it was kind of intimidating, you know, yeah. in the, in the dating yeah. In the dating phase. But I understand that, like you said, I understand who I am. I know my personality. Like I, I get all of that. And I know that God made me this way. And so yeah. I don't have to be, I don't have to reduce myself. No, not at for all. anybody because the man that God has for me will be able to navigate a right. relationship with me with respect and, and just honor and be able to lead me. But I also have to understand that I need to be led. Absolutely. That, that is both sides of the coin. There are two sides of the coin, um, in that, that, um, for the young woman with the big personality, um, we have to be willing to be led. We have to know that, um, being submitted and being able to be submitted is a part of our God given calling our God given Mm -hmm. design. And it's not the same thing as being submissive all the time. It's not losing our voice to be submitted. In Mm -hmm. fact, Um, the way that I tend to explain that in my relationship or when someone's asking about my relationship is that what all I expect is to be heard. Um, And after I've been heard and been given that room to be heard, then what my husband says goes, Um, if he can allow me to disagree with him and then lead, I'm good. I might not be happy about it, but I'm yeah. I might not be like, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. Everything's posies and daisies. But as long as I'm being given that room to be heard, as long as I've yes. been given the room to be able to disagree and that be okay, um, then I'm going to follow his lead, whether I'm happy about it or not. If we're always happy about the end result, then we're probably not being very submitted because um, sometimes in being submitted, things aren't going to go our way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. we have to be okay with, I'm going to submit, even though it's not going to go my way, um, as long as my voice has been heard and considered, then it's between my husband and God, which direction we go. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Cause I, cause I definitely have just one of those things. It's like, (laughs) I'm not agreeing with everything that you say. So that's, that's not it. (laughs) I do have an opinion and I will say what I'm going to say. Yep. I do what you say, but I'm just going to, I'm going to get it out. I just need to get it out. So <laughs> absolutely. So as far as that, like, do you have any other, uh, things on boldness? Like you want to uh, speak on or address or anything like that? I think in summary, overall, God has called every single Christian person to be bold. Boldness is actually not a personality type. Um, boldness is going to look different for me than it's going to look for the individuals listening to this podcast and right. it look different for you. Um, boldness doesn't have to mean, um, 
shouting something from the mountaintops that's going to be controversial. Boldness doesn't have to mean standing behind a microphone. Boldness doesn't have to mean being able to talk to 50 people at one time. Boldness means being able to step out of what is comfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for the introvert, the one who doesn't have a giant personality, that might look like being bold enough to speak about God in their workplace to an individual on their lunch hour or over coffee with a friend who doesn't yet follow God, that can be bold. Um, We think of boldness as Paul standing on Mars Hill, speaking to everyone listening. And that does take boldness, but that's not the entirety of what boldness is. God has called every single believer, in my opinion, to be bold. If we're going to go into all the world and we're going to make disciples, we're going to baptize them in the name. If we're going to see people birthed into the kingdom, if we're going to see churches grow and ministries grow and individuals grow, we have to walk in boldness in some form of our life, because the flip side of that, that lack of boldness is timidity, is shyness, which we're absolutely allowed to have, but not when it comes to the name of Christ, not when it comes to the word of God, not when it comes to biblical truth, then no matter how quiet your voice, you must be bold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, and just for those who are, you know, who are walking through and maybe, I don't know where you are in your journey, but just understanding that boldness is just, like she said, just stepping out and choosing, you know, I'm going to heal. Mm-hmm. That yeah. takes boldness and courage. Absolutely. Boldness can take breaking. Um, it can take boldness to break generational curses. Yeah. It can take boldness to um, gain self-discipline. Um, it can take boldness to create a habit of prayer whenever that's never been where you lived at. Um, like I exactly that, that boldness is not just out front, loud in front of people. Boldness is stepping out of your comfort zone in some way towards the Lord. Yes. Yes. So that's so good. Thank you. Thank you for that. So Miss Erin, where can the people find you? What, what are you, what's, what you up to? Well, um, I, I run a daily devotional group. That's, um, one of my biggest heartbeats in ministry. Um, it's called far above rubies. It's, it is a ladies devotional group. Um, that's with the lane that I feel comfortable speaking in the most. And we do a daily devotional video every single day of the week there. Uh, and it's a great way to build a habit of getting into the word of God uh, on a daily basis in little bite-sized chunks. So, uh, the, the typical video is five to 10 minutes. That's it. And so it makes it really easy for a mom on the go or someone who works three jobs or, uh, someone who just is trying to build that foundation in their life to get into the word of God in a community. Um, and then also I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Aaron Holmes, and um, I'm very happy to connect with friends and make new friends. Cause some of my very best friends in the whole wide world, I've never met them in person and only know them online. I'm that way too. Yeah, I really am. Like I have, it's so crazy how that happens. It's weird. So, oh, and one last question how is it living in Las Vegas? Like, how is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, you can imagine when Paul talks about Rome and living in Rome and Uh 
living in that very godless place. Um, it's a little bit like that. <laughs> um, Las Vegas is, um, it's a very self-focused, um, pleasure oriented, um, do what feels good, not what is right. Um, any debauchery that you can imagine under the sun, you have at your fingertips in this mm-hmm. place. It very much is modern day Rome. It is, um, sin on display. I once heard a comedian, uh, make the joke that was so on point about this place and said, um, Las Vegas is the only place in the world where the devil doesn't have to hide. He just walks about in plain sight because anything goes here. And so, um, I was raised in the South. I was raised in the Bible belt and, uh, you know, there was a spiritual church. You could stand on this corner and throw a rock and hit the next spiritual church. Like they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and here it's, it's so, so not the case. Um, we live in not just the desert, but in a spiritual desert as well, mm-hmm. very much, um, which is hard, but it also means that we're where we're supposed to be in reaching people. And um, there's a reason that Paul spent a lot of time um, talking to Romans and ministering to Romans and reaching for Rome and reaching for Gentiles that lived in um, a very godless place, because that's the heartbeat of Jesus is um, reaching those that know little to nothing about him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll, I'll be able to visit one day and all the things. And we love that. So, but yeah, I just wanted to know, cause I, I just, yeah, I just think it's interesting. You, we we're talking about boldness and you live in Las Vegas. So you have to be bold. It's no <laughs> it's intimidation true. there. It's true. You do have to be bold. You either have to be bold or you have to be a wallflower one or the other. There's not a lot of in between here. Yes. So again, I thank you for joining me for this conversation. I, I surely enjoyed it. And I, I pray that those who are listening are able to really receive what we're uh, discussing today and what uh, Aaron's shared with us and just, you know, be who, be who God created us to be. You know, we are living in a time where we have to make that separation. We have to be in distinction um, to who we are. And, and if, we don't talk about it as the church, then, then they're going to get it from the world. That's exactly. And we right. don't, and we don't want that. We mm-hmm. want to save as many people as we can. And we need to just, we just need to uh, like people tell, like somebody told me one time, pull, pull up your big girl panties and, and do what you got to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's what my boss told me one day. She said, you just going to have to pull up your big girl panties and just, but <laughs> that's so funny. But I was like, okay, well, let me do it. So, but anyway, but I hope that everybody can, you know, receive this. And, and I, again, I thank you for joining me. On, on thank you today. for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs>